Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day listeners. Hello listeners. How the blooming heck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're feeling hashtag not shit. Oh, nice work, Coxie. Just tying it into yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away yesterday. <laughs> uh, yes, we did. We did have a pretty good. Um, well, it was an interesting toolbox talk yesterday for our trade desk, drawing board, and tradepreneur members that we do every Monday morning. You talked about being not shit. Yeah, it was short, sharp, and shiny, which is quite unusual for you and I. Normally, we're, we're pretty good on the old waffle, but we weren't even really standing in and shit. out in 12 minutes. And, and so today, we're going to talk about a fantastic way to increase the level of hashtag not shitness in your life, in your <laughs> business, by uh, reducing your money stress. Yo. If you want to. I don't know. Do you really want to reduce your money stress? Yes, please. <laughs> Who d People wouldn't really have any money stress at the moment, would they, Nicole? Of course not. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> We've got, uh, we're deep into the Rona. Take two. And uh, for some of us, yeah, round two. Uh, hopefully round two of two, but uh, we'll see how that all unfolds. And so... Uh, we're going to talk today about money stress in your trade business and not so much, uh, we don't really care how it came about, it just is. We're mm. not going to talk about the past. We're going to talk about how to actually reduce it. We're going to talk about the way forward Ooh. in a completely non-wanky way. <laughs> Are you going to be like a, a lighthouse or a beacon for everybody to follow? Oh, I'm just beaconing everywhere, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> It's just my lily white skin coming to the end of a Tasmanian winter. <laughs> just, just take my shirt off and I'll shine my light everywhere. Uh, but Coxie and I have um, put our heads together virtually because mm. we can't do it actually physically. No. Um, not that we probably do that. We're butt heads. We don't butt heads very often, Coxie. No, I can only think of never. <laughs> You'd win anyway. Your head's oh, much harder than mine, I'm sure. Uh but there's, there's three key ways that we reckon you can reduce your money stress in your trade business. We do, and we speak with a bit of a voice of um, experience here. Not only mm. have we had our own money stress in our various business forms at times, oh. but we also <laughs> work, obviously, with a lot of trade business owners and we observe where their money stress is coming from, which mm. obviously then leads us into, oh, we've got a few ideas here that might help you avoid some of those pitfalls. So... Strap yourselves in, get ready for the ride, get some answers. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, and, yeah, they, they are – so these three things have come from our observation of what has been working for our members especially, our, our premium members. So trade desk, drawing board, tradepreneurs, people we're working with uh, at various levels in their business. And they're super simple. So – I would suggest, unless you are driving or operating equipment or machinery, that you grab a pen and paper and jot these down because if you put these in place, they can make a massive difference to the amount of stress you have around money in your business. They're not an overnight quick fix, I'll tell you that now. 
they're not some magical solution. They're not going to help you make millions of dollars. But they do actually make a big difference to what you've got going on right now. So first one, without further ado, is the envelope strategy. I like to call this one. I love a good envelope strategy. I'm teaching uh, my nine-year-old almost daughter this um, through doing odd jobs around the farm here. Mm. And um, we've got her putting money into an envelope for a particular thing that she's saving for Mm -hmm. to keep it apart from the other money that she's got in her little purse, a cute little kid's purse, that she likes to spend on a toy or a book or, you know, a hot chocolate or whatever she wants to get with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realise that not a lot of us as grown-ups continue on with that thing. You know, when... I don't know if you did this, Coxie, but you move out of home and probably more so back in the days of uh, of actual cash when it was yes. legal tender. Yes. <laughs> uh, the phone bill, the power bill, the rent, uh, the grocery bill, you get your pay packet and divvy the money up and stick it in a bunch of envelopes with the names on them. I still do it every year. I know that sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but come Christmas time, because we have five kids, so Christmas is clearly a big expense. We generally take a holiday and we also then need to prepare for school. They're all in private school. So they, it comes with new uniforms, school fees, all of that stuff is due. Good old-fashioned envelope system still works. Mm. I'm grateful to have a safe that I can actually then put all of that away in. But <laughs> so it to keep works. it from the builder so he doesn't buy more wheelbarrows I with it? Do, if I do. If I leave it in the account, somehow it gets found. <laughs> it all goes in the safe in envelopes. And the envelope system's been around for as long as I can remember. It's how I was taught to budget as a teenager maybe even as a mm. child, it works, it's effective, but you don't actually need to have an envelope. You can have a bank account. Yeah, and that's the cool thing now is a lot of banks uh, and certainly you know the major bank that I use, unfortunately, is um, it, you can set up as many accounts as you want for free. They're all online. Uh, it's a piece of cake. And you can actually set up automatic direct debits for the amount of those bills or categories that you need to allocate cash towards in your business. And one of the most common ones that I know you and I nail our members on quite frequently is things like GST and tax mm. is putting that aside because that's nasty if you don't have that oh, yeah. aside and you get your bass done quarterly <laughs> and your bookkeeper gives you the bass and it's like, hey, here's how much you need to pay to the government. And you're like... <laughs> Uh, whoops, kind of spent that on wheelbarrows. It's a horrible surprise. They were wine days, I can recall very... In fact, we wine just day. laughed about this conversation. <laughs> Is that because you were whining or because you needed no. to drown your sorrows? Yes, they were those in the early few years of business before we really uh, had a grasp of ensuring the money was in the bank and we hadn't spent it. Uh, when the bookkeeper came, there'd always be a phone call after the bookkeeper left. I think you better pick up a bottle of wine on the way home today, Builder. <laughs> We're going to be needing that when you see what I'm about to show you. We've got some creative problem solving to do. We do. But I, do, I have a really good tip, actually, on the whole having a bank account for that money put aside. Do it with a different bank, one that's a little bit yeah. harder to log on to or a little bit harder to draw the money from. So you can't just do a direct transfer. And because mm. you most likely, as a trade business owner, you're looking at your bank almost every day or quite frequently at the very least. If you can't actually see that account where there's positive cash, 
you won't be tempted to pull on it. You will not forget that it's there, but it won't be a constant reminder every day that, oh, there's $10,000 sitting in that account. I've got some bills due. That might be where I pull it from. Yeah. Making it a different bank. And there's been a lot of uh, people pick up the Barefoot Investor stuff, uh, Scott Pape. Um, He's a financial planner that wrote a book called The Barefoot Investor. If you haven't seen it, a lot of people in Australia are familiar with it. And that is essentially what his book is based on, is the envelope strategy. So there you go. We're just as smart as Scott Pape. Uh, G'day, Scott, if you're listening to the show, mate. First is also very much an envelope strategy. Exactly. And so something that I've been doing for more than a decade uh, with clients, with business owners, is having them set up a profit account. Yeah. And uh, among others, you know, a profit account, a tax account, uh, a repairs and maintenance account, you know, mm-hmm. fancy accounting speak, they're called provisions, mm-hmm. provision for GST, provision for tax. And so it just comes down to go open a bunch of accounts. Um, don't do too many, but you know maybe three or four accounts, perhaps. As Coxie said, with another bank is fantastic, and I won't name any products because we don't want to endorse anything no. um, that might not be suitable, particularly in the financial space. But um, there are some uh, banks that exist largely online, mm-hmm. and um, they tend to like similar colours to us. If you look at their branding, uh, <laughs> they have lots of free accounts, and it's kind of hard to get the money back out. Yeah. So um, by all means, you know, strip off the GST every week from your main operating accounts or every invoice. Mm. If you're not doing a thousand invoices a week, just shove 10% of it in another account and you'll over budget for your GST. And then the excess, you can stick in there for income tax as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... You know, it can be really simple, set up a direct debit or just shove some money aside off every invoice or every week when you go check your P&L, which you should be doing, um, and just, yeah, set up some virtual envelopes for your bills. Love it. Or buckets. or Buckets. Wheelbarrows. Buckets. Well, oh, I like, what about cement mixes? <laughs> cement mixes. No, that's for the um, daiquiris. <laughs> so, first one. <laughs> is um, put some money aside. Use the envelope strategy in your business. Um, And look, you could do it personally and you wouldn't go too far astray either. Uh, True. (laughs) But uh, the second one, I think, Coxie, that makes a massive difference is actually looking a little further ahead than the dashboard in the business car to yeah. use that analogy, yeah. you know, staring at the road just in front of the bonnet means you're going to smash through a lot of potholes and miss a whole bunch of pedestrian crossings, which was a real problem for me when I got my license as a young guy. Was it really? I, Me and pedestrian crossings, I just, I didn't see them. You know how you just, it doesn't compute in your brain certain things, like some things yeah, just yeah. don't gel and the whole pedestrian crossing thing... <laughs> It took it's me a few dangerous lessons. dangerous thing not to Yeah, it's on. like, shit, pedestrian crossing, I've got to stop. Uh, but yeah, if you're staring at the road right in front of your car, you're not going to see the obstacles coming up and it's going to make it really hard to avoid them. And people do this in their business. They're, they're just literally opening up the banking every morning going, is there any money in the account? It's Can't a, pay bills today? Yeah, it's an interesting 
Um, I want to say paradigm, but I'm not sure if it's paradigm. But we talk often with tradies about uh, having a clue what their cash flow might look like in the next couple of months. And nine times out of ten, they look at me with a puzzled look as if to say, hmm, that's not possible. What I did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. But in actual fact, you have a really good idea of how much work is coming in. You have a really good ability to think, you know what? I did a couple of quotes last week. I know they're going to come off in the next week or two. So this month's looking great. I should finish with, mm, I don't know, maybe five grand in the bank. And then next month, I haven't had any work coming yet. So I don't know that there is any work, but generally, I, you know, at a minimum, I might make a grand or two a week. So let's just bank on there being four grand next month. And then the month after, again, I don't know just yet. However, I know I would normally make about this much in that month. So let's pop that in there. Will I have enough to cover the bills? No, I won't. Is the phone calling enough right now? No, it's not. What do I need to do about that? How do I change that? And it's as simple as having good gut feel, as you do as a business owner, unless you're a brand new business owner and you haven't been in business longer than three months, it's impossible maybe in that first little bit to really predict what could possibly happen. Take an educated guess. If you're any other business owner, you can take an educated guess. You can predict what is likely to happen. Now, it's not foolproof. It's not 100% perfect, but it does give you an idea of what may look the next couple of months may look like. It, it, and it's a very simple tool that requires some brain power, maybe a piece of paper and a pen. That's it. Yeah, and that was the thing I was going to add, Coxie, to that is putting it on paper or into a spreadsheet, a simple, simple, simple spreadsheet. I'll say simple again. It's so simple, simple, simple uh, that we've even put it inside the trade desk. Uh, yep. So if you're listening to this and you're a trade desk drawing board member or above and you haven't downloaded the cash flow forecast template, it sounds tricky. It sounds complicated. It sounds all accountanty, y uh, and it, it's not. It's just looking a little further ahead doing exactly what Coxie said and then writing it down mm -hmm. so you can go back to it next Monday morning when you do the same exercise again because you do it weekly and go, okay, well, we just won a job. So I can actually add a bit more to next month's expected incoming money and I think I should probably cancel my subscription to, you know, Toolbox Monthly magazine um, <laughs> and save $12 a month so I can reduce the amount of money that's going to go out next month. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at that. We're back in the black mm. next month. And now you can free up a whole lot of headspace and 2 a.m. wake-ups because you have a lot more certainty about the future. And it's one of the big things that is causing a lot of ills with people during COVID times, Coxie, mm. is a lack of certainty. You and I were talking about this earlier this morning uh, to do with, uh, you know, our own personal lives mm. where there's a lack of certainty with certain things and it causes a lot of stress. Yeah, it does. I think that what prevents a lot of tradies from taking the time to predict this stuff is how icky that it feels because they know there's not mm. going to be enough money. So mm -hmm. rather than just feeling icky and not actually knowing, Imagine what it might look like to have a reasonable idea of what might be coming so you can make educated decisions around what you need to do as a business owner to make that look better. So, I, I, and I understand that, as I said, wine days, bookkeeper days for wine days. <laughs> I understand what it feels like to be too frightened to look at your books. 
to understand what your money looks like. That's, that's a yucky feeling, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can, sure, you'll feel yucky about it, but I guarantee you'll feel less yucky because you'll know what you need to do next. And if you don't know what to do next, you know that you need to find the advice on what to do next. It still puts you in a position of power. Not acknowledging that there's a problem or not looking into what the problem is only creates more stress, whether you understand that right now or not. Please give it a crack. Give it a try. Forecast two months, three is mm. ideal. But mm. just think about even what might happen in the next two months and see how that can make a difference for you and your business. It's what paramedics do. My sister-in-law is a paramedic. Uh, you know, if, if any of you listening to this have ever hurt yourselves, cut yourself, whatever, first thing you do is you get the boot off or the jacket off to have a look and assess the damage. It's like, mm. okay, how bad is it? <clears throat> and if it's really bad, then you can take appropriate action. And if it's not that bad, then it's like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. A Band-Aid will fix that, which is mm. pretty much the case for every tradie accident, I think. <laughs> um, it'll buff out. But... Uh, you know, you need to you need to triage is a fancy word for it, and it's just that assessment of okay, how bad is the cash gap? How bad is it that we're going to be short next month? And what is the number? Because if if you know that it's five grand or ten grand or two hundred bucks, then you can actually go okay. Well, we only need to find another two or three jobs next month, or. I actually need to find 15 jobs next month and I only do five a month now. So maybe I need to take some more drastic action. Mm. Um, but it gives you that certainty, really, to come back to that, of what do I need to do to fix it? And I think there's so many people busting their humps, Coxie, and just driving themselves into the ground out of fear that there won't be enough next month. And they don't actually need to work as hard as they do or stress as much as they do because it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of cases where we've helped members put together a bit of a forecast, mm -hmm. predicting the potholes that are coming up and go, it's not as bad as I thought. I know. We tend to act on that uh, emotive response mm. to that stress. Mm. And rather than look with clarity and certainty about what is actually coming, we're responding to what we feel is going to be a stressful situation and yet yep. it either a may not be or b potentially could be but there are steps you can always put in place to prevent it being the crash you think it's going to be yeah absolutely and that pretty much leads to because part of that forecasting is about knowing this last thing so the third point listeners around reducing your money stress is knowing something really fancy and jargony called your break-even. It's got nothing to do with your last motorbike accident. No, it doesn't. And I remember every tradie that's ever sat in front of me and rolled their eyes when I said, <laughs> do you understand what your break-even point is? Do you know how uh -huh. to get to that point? Do you know what needs to be taken into consideration to understand what that might be? Rolling of eyes every time. It's another uncomfortable thing to look at because generally your break-even point is much higher than you think it's going to be. So, Coxie, yes, how do I work at break-even? You talk to Warwick <laughs> at tradesandbusiness.com.au. <laughs> it's, I don't know, like, I don't actually enjoy numbers. I've just been doing them a lot over the years as a business owner and a coach and a sales manager and, and a building rep many years ago. And so numbers are actually really cool because they allow us to make 
good choices. I think that's really what we're talking about today is mm. knowing a lot of this stuff and putting these numbers on paper allows you to make some choices and decisions so that your actions are appropriate. You know, you're not out there running around like a headless chook when you don't need to, mm -hmm. or you're sitting at home watching Netflix when you should be running around like a headless chook. <laughs> uh, but you can match your actions to the situation yes. uh, and make them appropriate. So break even. What the hell is your break even? It's how much work you need to bring in to cover the running costs of your business and pay yourself an appropriate wage as the business owner. So I think That's this it. is something that we really overlook as tradies um, all the time is understanding exactly what it costs to run the business. So how much insurance are you paying out every year? How much fuel are you paying out every year? What does your rent look like if you've got rent to pay? What about your phones? What about your wages or your staff wages? All of that information, your car running costs, all of that stuff, we don't often think about. We just as tradies, we go and buy another wheelbarrow, we buy another tool, <laughs> or we, we do the thing because we're trying to solve a problem rather than understanding what that would do to our bottom line. So grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, sit down and write down every bill you can think of that you pay during a year and then figure out what those costs look like. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people say, yeah, but how is that going to help me? Because that's only break even. I don't want to just make break even. I want to make more than that. Good. And yeah, and my response, and I'm pretty sure it would be similar, Coxie, is... Yeah, okay, but how much more are you going to make if you make more, more than what? Yeah, how do you know when you've covered your costs? Mm. So, and and it's a little bit like the predicting the, the potholes and the cash flow forecasting is do you really need to be working as hard as you're working? Mm. And look, I know not a lot of you listening to this necessarily get to the end of a financial year and go, wow, we smashed our target by $500,000. I didn't need to work that hard at all. <laughs> That's not necessarily reality for you. And it's just one of those weird things. You know what? Just, just I'm going to say this live on the podcast, Coxie. Trust me. Trust okay. me on this one. All right. I'm trusting you. Knowing your break even will actually turn the light on in the room and allow you to make some better choices because you can work out that by the end of the second week of the month, you've covered your costs. Mm. And anything you do after that is for your pocket. How much more motivating is that <laughs> than just going like a hamster on a wheel for 29 days of the month before you actually look at your numbers and go, oh, you're actually doing all right. All that stress and worry and sleepless nights and everything, mm. not knowing so it's just it's another one of those things, a bit like the last point around predicting your cash flow. It's just know what the number is so you know when you hit it. And if nothing else, you can give yourself a pat on the back, crack a beer and celebrate the fact that by day 22 this month, we covered all of our costs and I got eight days to make money for me. I think we can add a little bonus tip in here. Is that okay? Oh, please. Will you trust me this time? <laughs> I trust you, Nicole. Mostly. I just wanted to say that often a break-even point can be really scary because we've made choices along the way in our business and haven't really consciously thought about what that means long-term. So by that, I mean we signed up to a phone plan or we leased another vehicle or we just took the insurance policy with the broker without really looking at what the costs are. 
as you're doing this, you have an opportunity to review where those costs are at. My bonus point is now is a great time to be negotiating better deals on all of that stuff. Yeah. Whether it be the finance package you have on the new machinery or um, your account discount with some of the material suppliers or your insurance policy and the costing around that. Mm. Um, Your phone plan, all of that stuff can be negotiated as you work through this process. There's a bonus point that tip rather that will save you a bunch of money because just even 1% off some of these things can have a massive impact to your bottom line at the end of the day rather than going to the bank or the financial institution or the material supplier for what reason isn't it better in your pocket and also um a bonus bonus point coxie if you trust me i do is those reductions mean you have to work less yes as well if you're already making a profit and you know you're getting a basic wage out of your business perhaps those cost reductions get magnified because of the way margins and everything work. And we won't go into that in detail in the episode. But if you can reduce your outgoings, that means you don't need as much incoming, which means maybe you didn't have to work on Sunday. Mm. Maybe you can reduce your hours of work or how many jobs you take on by reducing how much money you spend. They're really <gasps> simple tips, aren't they? <laughs> they're just, we get so busy, we don't take the time to put this stuff in place. No. And... Big one, I reckon, that runs underneath all of this, Coxie, is making it concrete, putting it in writing. Mm. You know, go open the bank accounts and and start the direct debit. Make it a real thing. Um, put together a simple cash flow forecast on paper or on a spreadsheet so you can look at it, talk about it with your spouse or your staff. Mm. Um you know, know your break-even, calculate it. The, again, there's a, a break-even calculator spreadsheet when you're a member of ours. Um, it's a simple calculation to do. Put it on paper so you can look at it, make it real. Because when you do that, then you can actually do something about it and you can change mm. your behavior. And that is the biggest thing around all of this is changing your behavior around money. So there we are. We've, we've become the beacon for your life that you need right now. Put my shirt back on. <laughs> there are our simple um, tips to reduce your money stress because, my God, who wants money stress right now? Mm, Isn't there enough gosh. stressful stuff going on? Yeah, just a few things. Yes. Now, as now, always, yes. you can find us in the book of faces, as Warwick likes to say, or just over on Facebook. You can just search for Tradies and Business. We have a group where there are, I don't know, 1,700 like-minded yeah. tradies. Constantly sharing, networking, supporting one another through all of this stuff. Um, there's an offer in there too. If you're a Victorian tradie, check out the offer that we made uh, for Victorian tradies in there. We'd like to help you some more at the moment while we can. You can find us on the World Wide Web. Wow. Uh, tradiesandbusiness.com.au. And you can also find us on Instagram. Insta, hashtag... <laughs> Not shit. Not shit. Uh, <laughs> if you remember, you would have seen yesterday's uh, Toolbox Talk where we were reminding us all that life is not always shit, even though it might feel that way a bit at the moment for some of us, and to get involved with using the hashtag not shit. Take one photo every day, put it on your stories, remind us what's good. It might be that you had a warm pie. It wasn't cold today. It was warm. <laughs> or it might be that uh, it was sunny 
which meant that you were a little bit warmer on your job site today, or it might be that you actually got to go to the job site today, or it could be that fuel was two cents a litre cheaper. Whatever it is, take a photo, share it with us, hashtag not shit, tag traders in business so that we can laugh along with you and enjoy some nicer things in life. But let's make this a bit fun too. We'd really enjoy that. Warwick and I are going to participate as well, which you can find oh. over on Instafeed. I'll keep throwing up some not shit uh, photos and videos. And, uh, yeah, get amongst it, gang. Um, make sure you review those few points for your money stress. And uh, if you need anything at all, uh, hit us, as Coxie said, on the website or via the Facebook group. And uh, there's plenty of stuff to help you out, so no excuses. Have a fantastic day. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.